This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 17th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. So, is it just me, or does time seem to be quickening? I mean, for the past couple of weeks, I've been commenting on how things seem to be spinning out of control. But what I'm talking about here is the speed at which we are confronting change, and my prediction is that this has only just begun. We are dealing with multiple inflection points right now, what with coronavirus and health, unemployment and the economy, and then most recently, since the senseless murder of George Floyd, social, civil, and political inflection points as well. And all of these are intersecting. By definition, that spells change. And like it or not, change is certain. The old adage, though, still applies. While change is certain, growth is optional. So as all this continues to play out, we'll continue to observe and monitor and converse with those who are on the cutting edge of societal evolution, discussing the impact that all of this has on franchising, its relationships, the GDP, and how our business model morphs and moves forward in the days, weeks, and months ahead. It was great having Michael Stone return to Franchise Today last week, and that he and I, close friends that we've been for so many years, were able to begin a conversation about those conversations that I hope many of you are already facilitating with one another, your teams, your suppliers, and of course, your franchisees. Today, we're going to carry that discussion further forward with Eric Fiala, Senior Vice President and Director of Corporate Community Initiatives at KeyBank. As Michael proffered last week, there are many companies in America and around the world that are, for their very first times ever, issuing statements on their positions pertaining to diversity and inclusion, following the recent civil unrest and turmoil in the aftermath of the tragic George Floyd murder. That it took this to prompt those statements is terrible, but that they are being made is a good thing. Diversity and inclusion are no new terms to KeyBank. Rather, they are and for years have been foundational cornerstones of KeyBank at every level. In two minutes or less, Eric Fiala will join us to discuss KeyBank's commitments to that and more, including their focus on franchising and their deposits of fiscal and intellectual capital to the IFA's Educational Foundation and Diversity Institute, important anytime, but especially now during these times of transition in America. I'll be right back with KeyBank's Eric Fiala. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Stan Friedman here with a word about Transitive, an amazing marketing platform that actually delivers what others can only imagine, accurate, dependable results that are second to none. All right, without getting too deep into the weeds, Transitive connects franchisees' customer data from all sources providing high-octane fuel for their marketing engines. They then deploy machine learning. Yes, artificial intelligence, which identifies various customer traits and habits, attributes that would otherwise likely go unnoticed, and it segments these customers into groups. This is important because, as we know, not all customers provide your franchisees with equal dollar value. But wouldn't it be great if they could easily identify who's who? Well, that's exactly what Transitive does. And what's more, it then accurately drives the appropriate offers to each of those customer groups, delivering specific 
personalized messages to each of the group's customers. Just like that, your franchisees are engaged in laser-focused target marketing, delivering them much more bang for the buck. You've got to see it to believe it, so what are you waiting for? Order up a demo today and tell them I sent you. Find them online at www.transitive.io. That's www.transitive, T-R-A-N-S-I-T-I-V dot I-O. Eric Fiala, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. It's good to be here. Well, it's good to talk with you as I'm only able to talk with you now with safe distance between us instead of seeing you at events around the country. But for the time being, we have to make do, right? That's right. You being, I, I think, in Atlanta and me being just outside of Cleveland, I think that's plenty of, of social distance. Plenty of distance. <laughs> Eric, I want to spend a minute talking today and sharing with the audience who you are and why you're here. And why don't you do that and tell us a little bit about your role as an executive at KeyBank and we'll talk talk about the importance of the relationship between KeyBank and the IFA and franchising in general. But you serve as Senior Vice President and Director of Corporate Community Initiatives and Relationships at KeyBank. You work with my very good friend, Don Graves. And I'd love for you to describe a little bit about the work that you do and the role that you play. And then we can talk a little bit about Key's uh, position in all of this turmoil that the rest of the nation has been, we've all been living with. We thought COVID was as, as big a surprise as 2020 could provide for us. And we've gotten uh, second hit with another infection of turmoil that has come out of some of the civil unrest that we've experienced over the last few weeks. And I want to take a more pragmatic look at some of that today with the work that KeyBank does. But give us a start with an elevator talk about yourself. Sure. So I've been with the bank just over 18 years, and I'm relatively newer to the corporate social responsibility space. Spent the first 10 years at KeyBank in our corporate finance group, doing a lot of forecasting and planning type work, then moved into to um, business analytics, where I led one of our business analytics functions for a number of years. And then just over two years ago, um, really had a desire to do something that resonated with me more on a personal level and made the transition into, into the corporate responsibility team, into this role, as you mentioned, called Director of Corporate Community Initiatives and Relations. And I know that rolls right off the tongue. It's still a lot of words, but it doesn't help clarify. So I would tell you my role is really focused on setting the broader corporate responsibility strategy for key bank, and then looking for opportunities for us to execute against that strategy. And so KeyBank has long been a leader in corporate responsibility and diversity and inclusion, and so honored to be in this role and uh, also challenged, though, to think on think about how we build on that, that legacy of responsibility and, and citizenship to drive more impact. I would tell you, I come to the role, you know, with that background of finance and analytics, which always has me focused on what are the outcomes we're driving, what's the impact, to make sure that the work we do is is really meaningful for the communities that we serve. And talk a bit about the communities that you do serve, because you've got a rather large footprint with banks and institutional involvement and investment involvement across the country, but there's a carve out in the middle, isn't there? Yeah, there is. So so KeyBank, I think, is, is in 15 states. Uh, we say Maine to Alaska because we do have branches in both Maine and Alaska. And really, um, to your point, we're kind of in the northern uh, northern part of the country from a retail branch network, Maine over to um, to Indiana. Then take a little break uh, as you move west um, until we get into Colorado, uh, Idaho, Utah, and uh, Seattle. And so it, it is a very interesting footprint in that we see a lot of different economic conditions in in the. Footprint. Footprint that we're in. And so you think about some of the historic 
kind of manufacturing centers and what they're going through and some of the revitalization that's happening there versus areas that are more focused and have benefited from some of the uptick, uh, for lack of a better word, in the, in the technology industry. I just think we see a lot of places across our footprint experiencing similar issues, but in different ways. So just to give you an example of that, Stan, we could talk about affordable housing, but affordable housing in Cleveland or Buffalo, for example, has a different set of circumstances around it than, let's say, affordable housing in maybe Seattle or Portland, Oregon. And so similar issues at the highest level, or once you dive a little bit deeper into, into the communities, you'll see that those issues take on a different flavor depending on where they are. Well, why don't we keep our focus on the franchise side? Because we have been working diligently together for probably more than a year now in trying to put programs together with the IFA and key banks in support of those programs in support of diversity and franchising and work through the Diversity Institute. Can you give us a backup drop on what made that so important for KeyBank and and share with the audience what that commitment is, and then we can talk some about how it's related to all the things that are going on in the world right now. Yeah, so I would would say starting at Key, diversity, equity, and inclusion for us is is embedded into everything we do as a company. And uh, we have a commitment to, to diversity, equity, and inclusion that I think is, is a major um, point of attraction for, um, for prospective employees and for, uh, for clients and, and investors as well. And so I would tell you, we don't think of it as just like a, a nice to do. Um, we really think about it as a business accelerator and a and a differentiator. And so we also feel like we have a responsibility uh, to help our clients understand the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And as we look to do business with more franchise companies, helping them understand how DE&I can drive their business, I think is the right uh, right thing to do. And so we made a commitment of $150,000 to the IFA Foundation and are really working to leverage those dollars to help bring to light programming and education focused on increasing diversity and inclusion within the franchising world. And this is a three-year commitment, which speaks again to the fact that you don't just scratch the surface, you don't just touch things, but you want to take deep enough dives to make an impact and have accountability and measurable differences that could be the outcome of the work that's done. So you're not looking to just do a a rock skipping over the pond. You're taking deeper dives. That's right. And I think the other thing is that, you know, we've been on our diversity, equity, and inclusion journey for a long time. And I don't think any of us um, in any company would ever think that the work is done. But I think you can't address something that's a systemic issue with a one-time hit. It's got to be part of your culture, part of your operating rhythm, part of your cadence. And we sometimes talk about the word relentless incrementalism, like everything we do needs to have some eye towards change and towards progress. But we're not going to get that. We're not going to move the needle over time if we just do one program or make one investment. I think it's got to be a series of programs, a series of investments where you take what you learned and build those learnings into into your go-forward plans 
and really start to shape things that over time begin to have the outcomes that you desire. I mean, that's that's powerful. That really is powerful. And I want the audience to understand too that the programs that we're talking about and KeyBank's relationship with franchising, albeit as you pointed out on the retail side, you're not in all 50 states, but on the franchise investment side and SBA type lending, you can work with qualified franchise brands with their applicants and prospects anywhere, correct? That's correct. I'd like to take a deeper dive into the corporate responsibility side of KeyBank and what this initiative that you've taken on with IFA represents as part of a larger scale initiative. Yes. That was like a five-year plan or a multi-billion dollar plan that the franchise and small business and, and LMIs, low moderate income marketplaces that KeyBank would be willing to invest in that maybe franchisors are sometimes just flying over. Let's talk about some of those type markets and the impact that programs like key banks in markets like those can do to change the face of some of the cities that are torn apart by civil rights and strife right now. Yeah. So so that commitment that you referenced is our five-year, $16.5 billion national community benefits plan. And that plan was announced in 2016 to kick off in 2017 and basically um, committed to investments of $16.5 billion over five, over five years. And so the investments come to light in a few different ways. The first uh, $8.8 billion of planned investments in affordable housing, $5 billion of lending to low to moderate income borrowers or borrowers in low to moderate income geographies from a mortgage lending standpoint. There's a $2.5 billion commitment around lending to small businesses in low to moderate income communities, and then $175 million of uh, philanthropic contribution. So we always say it's a transformative philanthropic investment where we do really expect a return on that on that investment in terms of you know outcomes and impacts in communities. So yes, our work with the IFA is certainly part of how we're bringing that plan to life, both through the the philanthropic investment, but then through the the programming. Dan, as you know, we put on a, a program late in 2019 focused on uh, franchise education and specifically sought to bring minority individuals to the table um, to learn more about franchising and, and really what opportunities existed and talked about the basics. What do people need to know? What do they need to understand? But then also thought about the big question, right? How do I start? Where do I get the, the money? And certainly uh, KeyBank has opportunities in that space, but brought several other community resources to the table to share with the participants how they might think about starting their own business through franchising. So where do you see that going? And how does KeyBank envision this portion of the overarching plan, the overarching program, the role that the franchise industry, the not can't say industry, we're not an industry, we are a way of doing business, the, the franchise business model. How do you see that fitting in, in terms of urgency on, in the overarching plan that you're attacking? Yeah, well... So that's a great question, and I think I think there are so many ways that the franchise business model really can help um, make progress and make make progress quickly on some of these systemic issues. You know, first of all, just around creating entrepreneurs and the opportunity for people to own their own business. I mean, that is so important in wealth creation for communities. It's not only for business owners themselves, but then for the residents that the franchises employ. And so I think about the opportunity to start a franchise 
specialize in a low income, you know, lower income community. I'm now creating an opportunity for people to work, for people to learn skills that will make them successful over the longer term. Everyone in franchising has told me the best owners come from within. And so I think it's also a great opportunity to create those future owners that ultimately build wealth and can start investing back in communities. So to me, there are so many pieces of the of the franchise model that work in a way to support longer term sustainable change than just kind of a drop in the in the bucket, I think, from employment to entrepreneurship, workforce development, and just investing back in communities. It really feels like it hits several areas to drive impact in a particular location. Working in this diversity space for many, many years now, I've told franchisors, probably ad nauseum in some cases, that I have no authority over their political, moral, or social agendas. But the case that I make for diversity has always been, as pertains to franchising, that there's an economic case to be made for putting businesses into communities that are underserved and putting members of those communities into the franchise to create the jobs that support the community that they will serve and that it becomes incremental revenue instead of flying over those markets. Franchisors are always looking for new ways to crack a market or to create new opportunities. And this is one that I think has long been overlooked. And in these times that we're in right now, many franchisors may for the first time be paying attention to ways that they have to improve their own businesses and do better at what they do in their own businesses to speak to diversity and inclusion. What are your thoughts on all that, Eric? Yeah, I think that's right. And I think sometimes people, no matter who they are or what they look like or what they do, want to see people that are like them in a community, in an environment. And so I think success breeds success in this case. And I think that to the extent there are more minorities engaged in franchising, that only means that more minorities will engage in franchising going forward. And I think seeing examples of success and the impact that it will really uh, help people understand the opportunities that are out there for them. But then we'll also help the franchisors understand the opportunities that come with having a broader distribution of franchises. And before we go to our break, I had one question for you in the term that you used when you talked about your commitment as KeyBank's commitment to diversity and, and inclusion. There was another letter in that acronym, and that was an E for equity. Can you talk to that piece? Yeah, I can. So equity, you know, I think is is something that we view as a really critical part of the diversity and inclusion puzzle, if you will. And equity, I compare it to equality. And if you take race or color out of it, there's a graphic out there that shows kind of the difference between equity and equality. And, you know, three people standing by a tall fence. And they are all different heights, you know, short, medium, and tall. And being equal means you give everyone the same height stool so that they can try to see over that fence, right? Equity means you give everyone a stool that helps them see at the same height and can see over that fence. And so equity versus equality, I think what we are trying to do is make sure that people have equal opportunities that everyone can see over the fence, whether they need a stepladder or a step stool. Like I think what we have to try to do is focus on making sure that people are given the same opportunities, that they have access to the same tools, the same resources, the same education, so that ultimately they can have the same benefit that others get to enjoy. How do you put people on, on, a, on a more level playing ground and have access to the same opportunities? And I sometimes, you know, I do things metaphorically and 
way I think and speak most of the time is in metaphor. And I just think of this a little bit like baseball. If I get up to bat and I get three swings and you get up to bat and you start with two strikes, somehow that doesn't seem that there's a whole lot of equity in that for one of us versus the other. And I think what you're talking about is a great example of how you level that out. So your effort that you put in as an individual is you're working as hard as I am. But if you're starting with two strikes against you, you've got a lot less room to succeed. So that's a great way of looking at that. I think that E is something that ought to be looked at by others as well as they start getting more involved and looking for ways to make their businesses better every day as well. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and continue the conversation with Eric Fiala, Senior Vice President and Director of Corporate Community Initiatives for KeyBank. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball. But there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot on assessments, based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. And we are continuing our conversation with Eric Fiala, Senior Vice President and Director of Corporate Community Initiatives for KeyBank. Eric, we've covered a lot of real estate here today. And what I'd like to do, because you're the kind of guy who likes to leave deliverables, I'd like to talk for a minute or two about the things that franchisors that are dialed into this today can take home as some nuggets, some deliverables for ways to take this that we've been talking about and make it meaningful for them in their businesses, things that they can do right now. And FranDev is one place that I think we should really begin because sometimes there's this threshold that a franchisor has of what a credit score needs to be or what liquidity needs to be in order to qualify somebody. But with programs like you're going to talk about, there can be some equalization there as well to help lift those that may fall below those thresholds. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I think one of the biggest takeaways I would have for today's audience is really to just be aware of the support system and the services that are out there and available both for individuals and for businesses. Businesses. We've talked a lot about business on the consumer side. You know, KeyBank has been really committed and is really committed to financial wellness and helping clients grow their financial wellness. And we have a lot of tools, both just from an information perspective, budgeting, financial planning uh, type resources, but also products and services. 
services that are focused on helping clients get kind of financially fit, products that help put away a little bit of money with every debit card swipe and pay down debt. And so lots of products like that on the consumer side. On the small business side, we also have a small business wellness review that will help business owners start to understand what services are available to them. They can talk through where they're having issues. If someone is looking to start a business, they could certainly get guidance on what they would need to do. And that's available through us, but I would also tell you there are several, several community organizations that focus on driving entrepreneurship. I talked earlier about how critical small businesses are to making communities thrive. And so there is no shortage of folks that are interested in supporting entrepreneurship across all all communities. And so I think from a franchisor perspective, if there's a particular area that you're looking to expand your business in, I would really start to understand what is the landscape in that community, what services are available to help people. So many provide technical assistance, will help businesses understand cash flow and things that they need to be concerned about and talking about maybe language that they weren't familiar with before. But that would be a big one for me. And the other one I would say is not only from an expansion perspective, but just from a a current portfolio standpoint. I mean, I would look to see, do you have franchisees that are struggling that might need help? And take it upon yourself to help connect them to the resources locally in their communities that can help them get on firmer footing and really grow the business. There are so many places out there that really have deep expertise and experience in the space, and they can help get over what someone might see as a hurdle to make it to that next level of performance or to cross that hurdle into into business ownership. You're kind of setting the table for John Hope. Bryant, who is scheduled to be here with us next week, who probably can talk a great deal about some of those types of resources that Operation Hope provides in that very domain that you've just described. Before we lose you today, though, Eric, I would love for you to go back to the IFA commitment and to some of the resources above those that third parties that we're talking about here are putting out there. You talked a bit about the program in Cleveland, and I know that coronavirus got in the way of a scheduled next live event that would have taken place in Denver, but what does it look like going forward? How does KeyBank see the creation of some of these tools that you've put all this money into the IFA's foundation to create tools to educate and communicate and to help people learn? What's the vehicle for that going to look like going ahead? Yeah, so if I, you know, to be completely honest, I think we're still figuring out what that vehicle is. We're exploring the idea of, as everyone is with everything right now, virtual opportunities for the franchise education sessions. There are certain things we have to think about in terms of how accessible that is to broad populations of people that might be interested in owning their own business. And so certainly our plan was to work in local markets to bring that franchise education session in an in-person way to communities. And I think we're we are right now, given COVID-19 doesn't make that possible, but there are certainly alternatives out there. So I think you should expect to see from and from the IFA Foundation continued work to help people understand their opportunities as it comes to franchise ownership. I think KeyBank has some type of a statement that you make to your teammates to bring your best version of yourself to work every day, bring the real you. What is that statement? Your best authentic self. Your best authentic self. So I think that that speaks to what you've just described for meetings as well. Perhaps we're not going to get to do the things that we did in Cleveland and would wish to do in Denver and elsewhere anytime soon, but we have to bring our best authentic version of that meeting to the marketplace because the work still has to go on. Isn't that right? That's right. Eric, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that you wish that I would have? I think the only thing, Stan, that I would 
add is thinking about as a company, what are some of the things that we're doing right now? And if there's anything that might benefit this audience. And I would tell you, we have very strong diversity, equity, and inclusion programs within the company. But we are also, I think, asking ourselves, what do we need to do differently? What do we need to do more? Where have we done things that maybe haven't created the outcomes that we desire? And in asking those questions, there's an opportunity to listen. And I think in this time, we're all wondering, what can we do? What can we do? And thinking about the actions that we can take. I would also say, in many of my conversations, what people are saying is we also need to listen with ears open, with eyes open, and let what people say inform all those actions. So I would encourage the audience to engage in those meaningful conversations, understand the perspective of your employees, understand the perspective of franchisees, understand what they need, how they feel, and let that experience inform what we do going forward. Someone said that recently, someone I respect very much at work said, I'm not going to let the worry about being the perfect ally get in my way anymore. And those words have really, really stuck with me since I heard them. And so I think it is the time for action. And uh, we're going to have to do some things that might make people uncomfortable, um, not because they're out of line with their values, but because they don't know the exact right way. But I would tell you, I think listening will help inform your go forward plan so that we can put less time or spend less time, in certain cases, worried about being the perfect ally and really getting to, to meaningful action that drives improvement. And so that's all. That's all I would add. I just think it is an incredibly important time in our country right now, and how we respond will have so many implications on how we're able to move things going forward. You just said a mouthful, my friend. You know, it's an old tool that arbitrators and, and negotiators have used for years is to sit down each of the opposing parties to a point and have them each adopt the counterpart's point of view. So if it were you and me, I'd say, Eric, I want you to really actually look at this through my point of view, and I'm tasked then with looking at your point of view, and we each then have to adopt a point of view that's fair and equitable from the other person's line of sight. It helps to widen what we see and think about. That's where the uncomfortable part comes into play now, because now you're having to really have candid, frank, and honest conversation. I shared a quote last week that I'm going to share again now, because it applies. It's Stephen Covey's quote from Seven Habits, seek first to understand and then be understood. So that's back to the deep listening again, right? Yep. And and I think that those two things together, coupled with the other thing that you pointed out twice with the word perfection, you know, perfection leads to paralysis. So don't wait for perfection. Get closer to it by doing something every day that chips away at whatever it is that you've got to work on. But don't wait for perfection to start getting it done. And I think you've given us three tremendous nuggets there that I've just kind of paraphrased to help us close this out. And I can't thank you enough for coming. And, and would you mind sharing with the audience if they chose to get back in touch and have a deeper conversation with you, how they go about doing that? Sure. Anyone in the audience should feel free to, to reach out to me at any point in time. You can always email me. Probably the best way is to email me at Eric, E-R-I-C underscore Fiala, F as in Frank, I-A-L-A, at keybank.com. So that's Eric underscore Fiala at keybank.com. Eric, thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us and for sharing so much with us. And I look forward to seeing you out there on the trail and absolutely certain we'll be talking before then. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Dan. 
Well, I think I'm experiencing what's beginning to feel like a trend here, with more affirmations and powerful lessons this week, echoing Michael Stone's reflections a week ago. The conversation will continue next week with the amazing John Hope Bryant, founder of Operation Hope, a nonprofit dedicated to leveling the playing field by teaching financial dignity. Operation Hope is an award-winning model of community uplift, serving adults, youth, disaster survivors, and employees with financial dignity programming and coaching to equip them with the financial knowledge and tools that are needed to create a secure future. To live in a system of free enterprise, yet not understand the rules or language of finance, is the very definition of modern-day slavery, something that John Hope Bryant and Operation Hope are effectively attempting to tackle. Teaching financial dignity, especially in America's inner cities, can eradicate many of the problems of our society, and John Hope Bryant is here to talk about that and more next week on Franchise Today. Until then, hang in there and keep doing the best you can. I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.